Leonie Dawson refuses to be categorized unless, of course, she wants to be categorized. And what she is getting categorized today as, my lovelies, is I am officially, as of an hour ago, a card-carrying member of the Asperger's Club. The ASD club, the only club I've ever wanted to be a part of. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about that, what it feels like. And I'll talk about kind of the history of how I've worked out that I was Asperger's and why I decided to seek formal diagnosis as well and what that diagnosis was like. So my friends... I only found out the news maybe an hour ago. I did it as a teleconference um, assessment with Unique U Psychology in Melbourne. Um, and they've been doing telehealth during COVID and they do it for out-of-state clients as well. I'd been looking around for a while to try and find somebody who would do the diagnostic assessment. Um, but a lot of places are fully booked out and have waiting lists and that kind of stuff. It took me about six months at Unique U to, to get in and do the diagnosis. Uh, I talked before about the the diagnostic assessment a bit. It was a few weeks ago. It was um, a call that went for about three hours and we went through a whole range of things, including my childhood and um social skills and um, executive functioning skills and, um, you know, and my life today, what my friendships are like, what I struggle with, what I excel at, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And then I had to fill out a bunch of forms and assessments as well. Uh, They also called one of my best friends. Uh, I had to get a parent or somebody from my childhood to fill out an assessment on my childhood as well. Um, And the marks have come back resoundingly clear that I am indeed um, on the autistic spectrum. Uh, I'm classed as level one, which means the least level of support required in order to be able to function in the world. Um, In terms of, (laughs) she said, uh, you know, in terms of one classification, we'd be looking at like a points of 65 in order for you to qualify as a female uh, and you scored 135. So you've you, you didn't scrape in. You're you're in it. You're in it, boo. Um, and I just felt so fucking relieved. I've really felt and known deep, deep in my heart, deep in my soul for about six years now that I'm Asperger's, um, that I'm on the autistic spectrum. And um, just to hear that validation was a beautiful thing. And I felt really teary. Uh, hearing those words. Uh, I also was tested on a bunch of other things and didn't really have anything stand out. I don't appear to have any other uh, mental health or atypicalness in my brain and it would be completely fine if I had. Um, I totally love and accept myself in all the forms that I am. Um, and I was kind of borderline into ADHD world, but um, doesn't like not enough to to warrant 
anything. Um, and more that I've just got a personality that's very spontaneous and um, I don't have a great understanding of time and logistics. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, and the psychologist said, you know, you've set up your life beautifully so that this is not something that hinders you. Uh, this is something that works as a great asset for you and that's a really beautiful thing. Um, and often people come to us because they're really not struggling. They're really struggling and they're not sure why. Um, but you're not struggling with it. You're thriving with it and your life is working beautifully for you. So in terms of why I wanted to go through the diagnostic assessment, because, you know, it was challenging to try and find a place that would do it, especially a place that specialized in female because women present differently um, when they have Asperger's and then the stereotypical kind of Sheldon, um, you know, the male archetype of ASD. Um, I think because, you know, I, I want to talk publicly about it and I want to do it kind of with the assurance that I there wasn't any other comorbidities that were coming up in that um, and you know just for my own interest sake as well okay this is what I'm pretty sure and this is how like how I support that but I just want to know for fucking sure that this is who I am and I can just say I am a card carrying member of this club um, not that I think I am but that I know I am. And I told my psychologist, uh, my diagnosing psychologist about this, and she said, you know, like I don't want people to dismiss self-diagnosis because um, self-diagnosis is completely valid as well. And for lots and lots of re reasons, people can't get in to get a diagnostic assessment. And of course, there's also the, the monetary price of it as well. So for me, it... Um, cost a thousand dollars to do it and you know six months on a wait list to do it and I realize I'm ridiculously privileged to do that I'm also in Australia where healthcare doesn't cost as much um, so I appreciated her perspective that self-diagnosis is really important too um, for people who don't have the option of being diagnosed so I'm going to read for you now a piece that I wrote over five years ago now called the Aspie Goddess because I feel like that really uh, clarifies why I thought I was Asperger's and this journey that I've been on. The Aspie Goddess. Maybe I should have known back then. My brother had cerebral palsy. My mother was a disability support worker. My childhood was surrounded with a magical array of characters and blazing souls, all with their own diagnoses. I loved all of them, but I especially got the Asperger's ones. I understood them and I could disappear into their world with them. You're so similar to them, my mum said one day, except you don't seem to struggle with yours. All of her Aspie clients were boys and I understood how their brains worked. But I was different in how my brain worked. We all know the stereotypical signs of an Aspie, but that is only half the picture. It's the stereotype of an Aspie boy, and Aspie girls are different. I didn't know that then, and my mum didn't know that then, so I laughed and carried on doing life in my own odd and happy way. It was another 16 years before it came up again. 
In the space of a year, a number of my friends either came out of the Aspie closet or got diagnosed. And each time I'd have this ignorant little moment of, really? But how can that be? They're the coolest people I know. We get along like a house on fire. I totally understand them and we're the exactly the same type of person. And then one of them shared a checklist of diagnosing Aspie girls. And I rolled my eyes and thought, whatever, I'll do it anyway. And within 10 questions, I was wide-eyed. There was me, all written out in text. And every part of me that I thought was my own one in seven billion quirk. I continued on. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. My life made sense. At last, it was world-changing. All the funny little parts of me from being a socially inept, chronically shy kid who mostly grew out of it by watching intently others to work out how to have a conversation, how to be a person, to the digestive issues, to the general anxiety disorder, from my ability to hyper-focus to my predisposition to get overstimulated and need to hide out from the world for a few days to integrate it again. Also, I'm blunt as fuck. I'm hilariously naive and I've got a nervous habit of flicking my fingernails, which drives Chris, Chris bonkers. And when I get really excited, I totally flap my hands. That and a hundred million other things. There I was, an Aspie girl. My first reaction was, who the fuck am I? Am I just my diagnoses? Do I even have a personality outside of Asperger's? because it all seems to be listed down here. And I also thought, I will never, ever tell this to anyone. I didn't want anyone to treat me differently, to believe that I was less than them, that I was any less intelligent or successful because my brain was atypically wired. I told Chris, of course, because that bloke knows almost every one of my passing thoughts. I've even been known to wake him up in the middle of the night because not another moment can pass before I tell him my latest thought or idea or insight or dream. And when I told him this latest development, he too was worried about the reactions from other people. And he also knows me, truly knows me after 15 years of watching me build a business, seeing Ronan Keating loudly on road trips, suffer through illness, squeal with excitement over 11 billion things, give birth to our children, dry hump him every time he turns his back, all of those myriad ways that I'm a Leone. I'm a Leone more than I'm an Aspie. Over time, he felt less guarded and worried about it. He did his own reading, and he'll often send me articles on Aspie girldom. We carried on with this new awareness slowly sinking in. I read Rudy Simon's Aspie Girl book, which is infinitely helpful. And even though I told myself to never, ever tell anyone, I'm not very good at keeping secrets. I've told myself that before, of course. I swore I wouldn't speak a word of me suffering postnatal depression. Both times it felt too raw, too, too new, too precious a truth, too able to cause me damage with insensitivities. But just like with PND, as I grew more comfortable with my story and less ashamed, I began to tell others. First, my Aspie girlfriends, who all responded, Oh, yeah, we know. And then I grew stronger with talking about it. 
became less a diagnosis of a disability and more a loving acknowledgement of my superpowers and also what particular environments I need in order to thrive. I love my Aspie superpowers. I love my intelligence, my ability to focus like a motherfucker, my ability to have a pretty high self-confidence and belief that they can do anything, my bluntness, my ability to look for patterns in business and relationships so I can grow as a person. And you know, some of the challenges I've had that are Aspie related too. I tend to have lower physical energy levels than others, especially in regards to social, social situations. I have to limit the amount of interviews, calls and live events that I attend because it's incredibly stimulating and it takes me a while to chill out again. I love doing them and I enjoy the fuck out of them, but I get burnt out socially pretty damn quickly. And I was an awkward kid with no friends for a really, really long time. I could only relate to my animal friends and my dog and my horse. Once I learned how to interact around age 11, I had some friends, but I was still bullied relentlessly. I sent myself off to boarding school when I was 16 to get away from the bullies. School was not fun for the vast majority of this time for this weirdo nerd. I loved learning, but I didn't love the other kids. I mostly hung out with boys because I found them simpler to understand. It got easier once I went to boarding school and even easier once I left school and could remove myself away from bullies. I mean, here's the thing. People can't really be bullies in workplace environments, not like they can in school. I've continued learning and growing my social skills. My friend Lena is one of my favorite people to study. She doesn't know this and she will find it hilarious. She's so effortlessly graceful and thoughtful and such a wonderful friend. I love studying her and trying to be a better person and friend by adopting some of her habits and mannerisms. For example, she always asks people how their significant others are. She even asked me how Chris was when she called to tell me that she'd given birth, not just once, but both times, seriously. And she's got a calendar that she prints every year with all of her friends' birthdays on it and she sends a birthday card to them, to every single one of them, in the mail, at the right time. My mind is blown. So some of the things that I need in order to thrive with an Aspie brain is a scheduled life with a lot of quiet and downtime at home. Time away from my kids regularly because I get super touched out from too much physical contact and noise. Writing and making art to process everything that happens because I seem to see and feel the world in hyper color. And things like showers in the dark, because it's like a sensory deprivation chamber when I'm overloaded, weighted blankets, essential oils, supreme self-care. I should stay here as well. There are some Aspie qualities that I don't identify with. Most significantly, I don't have emotional breakdowns or tantrums in the way that they're often described for Aspie girls. I surveyed Chris and other close friends and none of us can see that pattern for me. I do tend to be really expressive in my feelings, both negative and positive. For example, oh my God, this is the greatest day of my life. Did you just see that flower drop on the ground? It was so exquisitely beautiful. Oh my God, I'm so happy to, holy shit, I am so fucking pissed off right now. This is bullshit. Ah, oh, I'm so cranky. My emotional expression is usually in capital letters, but I don't seem to lose control of them. 
Uh, and I absolutely like, as I've talked now about, I am classified as high functioning, level one. So I'm not able to speak to the specific challenges that others on the spectrum would face. I know they're significant and I don't have experience with them. I can't speak for all Aspie girls and I can only speak for myself and my experience. It's only taken 38 years, but I know now I'm an Aspie and I'm delighted to be exactly who I am. <sighs> Goodness. I can't believe I wrote that when I was 32. I'm now 38 and I've only got officially a diagnosis now. I think why it's important for me to get a diagnosis and now I realize is that it's helped me frame some of the most painful experiences of my life, which were you know, especially when I was a kid, because I remember so, so very much feeling like I had been born with something missing and I didn't understand how kids could just play together and talk to each other and how they even knew what to say and what to do. It was all very, very confusing to me. And I remember would just study them and stare at them and it felt really lonely going to school with Asperger's for a really long time. Maybe up to year five at least. Year seven, I had my first close friend, Jade, who was just a beautiful human and I'm still friends with her to this day. And then all the boys that I was friends with in high school, who I'm still friends with to this day. And all of the beautiful friends that I met in at boarding school, who I'm still friends with to this day. You know, finally finding people who understood me and, and loved me um, for all my kooks and, and quirks. Um, I feel really lucky, but I don't want to negate the fact that it was really painful and really challenging and it felt... Like I had to learn a whole other language and everybody else was speaking it around me and it seemed like it was easy to them. So for me to get this diagnosis is like such a relief, just, oh, that's why. That's why that part was really, really hard for me. That's why that part really um, caused me a lot of pain. And that's okay. And I have beautiful people in my life now that are beautiful friends. And I have an awesome husband. And I can carry on being my magnificent self in all of my quirks, as I always have done. Just with this additional understanding that this is just the way that my brain is wired and it's a blessing and it's a challenge as all things are and i feel very very proud to have asperger's just one last thing of note um so asperger's is not the formal uh, diagnosis anymore 
it's all lumped under ASD, Autistic Spe Spectrum Disorder. I don't really think it's disorder, but sure, the Autistic Spectrum. Uh, I personally prefer to use Aspie because that's the word I like, but it's totally groovy for you to use whatever word that resonates with you. Um, if you are at all interested in this, um, make sure you check out some checklists for Aspie girls, um, women with Asperger's in particular, because we are totally different from the Sheldons of the world and we appear differently. Um, and just know that there's nothing wrong with you. You're exquisite and you're majestic and you are magnificent just the way you are. Whether that's neurotypical or neuroatypical or everything in between. I just want you to know that you are loved and you are perfect and you are needed. You are needed, you are needed in this world. Um, and we need people who are neuroatypical. We need them to find new perspectives and to invent new things and to see things in a way that other people can't. So we need each other in all our rainbow selves in order for this world to heal and be its most magnificent. So I'm here, proud, <laughs> proud t-shirt wearer. Yay, I'm ASD. Thank fuck, thank fuck, thank fuck. What an absolute blessing. <sighs> this is like coming home. Uh, thank you for walking with me on this journey, my friends. I am so grateful for you all and I'm sending you so much love. Okay, bye! <laughs>